Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Hi, this is Dave Callahan, creator of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And this is Peter Atencio, the director of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. podcast unofficially the official podcast of denver pop culture con 2020 and also recently announced top 10 nerdtastic podcast in denver by denver westward mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what even makes it better and trick-or-treating houses from target um <laughs> what even makes it better is that she took my uh like description of myself and used it in the article so yeah my my word pun where I said realer and I holy nightcracker everyone <laughs> holy nightcracker yeah, yeah. nightcracker that's racist <laughs> I thought he said nutcracker but um, so yeah so that was really actually kind of cool totally unexpected and it wasn't even a write in as someone actually did research and yeah. picked us for it so I mean uh, now we're actually award winning we're a top ten. <laughs> podcast i've never been a top 10 of anything this is fun being listed as an award now it is <laughs> uh it's top 10 so technically critics choice awards sometimes do a top 10 that the national board of review does a top yep, 10 so yep. that's that's technically an award it wasn't numbered though so we don't know for one or 10 uh we're two because uh motherfucker in a cape was above us and we were right after that so okay. i'm just going with that. So that that makes sense you know yeah no it totally makes sense because it's not in alphabetical order so nutcracker and the Four Realms in theaters <laughs> <Yeah>. last year? <laughs> Was that only last year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I want a, I want an oral history on how that production happened, because it just seems way too intense and crazy if they needed yeah. two directors to finish it. Um, <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, cool. Thank you, Denver Westward. For, yeah. Uh, totally unexpected. You know, should we... I don't know. You... Crows and nuts. Crows and nuts. <laughs> oh, here we are. Oh, that's his artistic special on Netflix. Crows and nuts. It's the sequel to Wieners and Farts. So, as you've, if you listen to the show over the last five years, as Kellen gets older, it's harder and harder to make him stop doing stuff because he's five and he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he's, you know, being naughty. It's constantly repeating yourself until um, you want to die. And then you'll come home and you'll be hanging from a rafter. And they're like, why did he die? Oh, because he asked his kid to pick up his jacket 357 times. And it just wasn't happening. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Please stop. Can you please stop? There's nuts all over your house. (laughs) Kellen, go pick your toys that I bought for you. You know, I. Take the chair away. (laughs) You know, I'd say he'd be. He would outgrow it, but look at me. Yeah, it's hard because he's not like being bad. He's just 
No, he's just being a kid. He's just being a kid. And it's getting. You think as they get older, they'd be easier to entertain, but it's it's getting tougher. And you just <laughs> draw draw a Goonies map and tell them there's a treasure buried. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was two weeks ago. So I also work out of the school, and I was walking by his classroom, and they have this activity room, uh-huh. and he was lying against the chair, just kicking the bookshelf. Mm. And I don't know why he was doing it. Every other kid was playing, I think, Duck Duck Goose or something, and there was Kellen on a chair, kicking the bookshelf repeatedly. Uh, he might be testing the integrity of the wood. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> or I would be crazy in all the puppet shows. So, Ryan, um, what does a uh, Denver Westward Top Ten podcast do every week? What kind, uh, of, what kind we, of things would we do? We see a movie and we podcast our experience of the world. Uh, this week we went to the sneak preview of Jay and Silent Bob reboot, mm-hmm. Snoogans. Stay tuned to the end of the show where we will spoil the film and tell you if you should see it or not. Um, we also talk about movies we see throughout the week, um, movie news, and also we're a top 10 podcast in Denver. I don't know if you guys read the article. Um, and also uh, movies are coming out on Blu-ray. We also sometimes comment on people who look like they shit in their cereal. Bung. Yes. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Right on. Cool. Also, Corinne called in us. And she called in a Catching the Classics. This week, she is talking about Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and Hoosiers. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 30 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before. And because this is part 30, at the end, I'll do a quick one-sentence recap of all the movies I've watched from parts 21 to 29. But first, I'm going to be reviewing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and Hoosiers. Yeah, you get a double header this week. So, uh, let me tackle Cat on a Hot Tin Roof first. It's been a few weeks since I've seen it now, but I just remember it being very melodramatic and the dialogue being kind of stilted sometimes. It makes sense because it's based on a Tennessee Williams play. But, yeah, it was a little um, jarring at first because you kind of get everyone's emotional baggage all at once. But then eventually you kind of see how that um, can lead to some pretty good and emotionally connected scenes uh, with like the main character and his dad there toward the end. And I mean, it was okay. I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, though. But I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. But it, it was fine. The performances were great. Even the actors who played the kids were appropriately annoying you know they're supposed to be annoying um but yeah elizabeth taylor and paul newman did a great job everybody did a great job so i'll give it three out of five stars so now for hoosiers um as most of you probably know i'm a huge college basketball fan and so this was kind of nice to to watch a college, or not a college basketball, but just a basketball movie. Oh man, I really, I need it to be basketball season already, you guys. <sighs> I miss it so much. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, it was, so it was kind of nice to, to watch a basketball movie, but oh yikes, that first, <sighs> third, the first half or so was pretty, pretty rough, pretty slow, and I don't know, it just wasn't well paced, and I felt like it was just kind of awkwardly done. 
that it was just like kind of a lot of the same stuff over and over again of like he's not welcome in the town and everybody's like really mean to him and nobody wants to give him a chance and so by the time we got past the town hall meeting which side note i'm pretty sure a town cannot vote a school employee out of their job <laughs> i've never seen or heard of anything like that i think the school board could do it but not the fucking town anyway but yeah so once we got past the town hall scene um where jimmy comes in and he's like hey you know i'll i'll play if coach stays but if he goes i go and then of course everybody immediately changes their vote um which yeah, I guess I didn't understand why Jimmy all of a sudden was like, yeah, I think it's time for me to start playing, and I want to play for this guy specifically. I mean, there wasn't really any build-up for that, so I guess he did it because he appreciated the coach, like, giving him space or something? Yeah, it wasn't really addressed. Anyway, so once they got past that, you know, and they start really getting into the sports movie rhythm... Uh, it was predictable, but it was also engaging and I was invested. Uh, the kids who play, the basketball players all did a great job. And, uh, oh yeah, Barbara Hershey's in this. Uh, it's kind of weird because I've just been rewatching Once Upon a Time and she's a recurring guest star in that in the first and second seasons. And so it was like, oh my gosh, Barbara Hershey? <laughs> She does a great job. She doesn't have much to work with, but what she does have, she does a great job with. So, um, yeah, and that's mostly just being a love interest to Gene Hackman's coach. Um, but, I mean, they're they're cute in their scenes together, I guess. I didn't, like, hate the su the romantic subplot, but I didn't love it either. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a basketball movie. Let's, let's watch some basketball here, people. Um... Yeah, um, I actually really liked this side plot with Shooter, and I, you know, it's to the point where when he comes in to the sectionals and he's drunk, and I was like, oh no, Shooter, no! So I was really invested in that subplot, and honestly, I thought he was a more interesting character than the actual coach was, but yeah, it's, like I said, the ending is predictable, but... Uh, I felt really, really bad for, like, all the players in the state championship um, because the photographers, like, their cameras keep flashing constantly. And I'm like, especially for the kids from, uh, you know, the, the small town, the main kids, like, they are probably not used to all these cameras all the time. And, of course, nowadays you go to a basketball game and nobody's using their flash because, you know... Our cameras are way better, but it's just like, oh my gosh, like, could you imagine trying to make a shot and then, like, 50 cameras all go off at once? Shit. Oh, and side note, the team they play in the state championship seems to be an integrated school. And if Remember the Titans has taught me anything, that school, because it was an integrated school in the 1950s, um, yeah, they probably didn't have, like, a great time. They were probably facing some challenges of their own, mostly being racism, but yeah, yikes. <laughs> so, but I felt bad for that team at the end when they lost. It's like, yeah, I'm excited that the main guys won, but 
Oh, on the last second shot like that. That's why you love March Madness. Even though this was high school, but same principle. Anyway, so I'm going to give Hoosiers three and a half out of five stars. I didn't like, I liked it more than Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, but I don't feel like it's out of four. So if we have to do the full star system, I'll say a three, but I think a three and a half is, is good. So let me give you guys the quick rundown of everything I've watched from parts 21 through 29. And everything is based on the five star system. So just keep that in mind. First up, Dr. Zhivago, pretty solid historical fiction romance, four out of five stars. Top Gun, I am not the target demographic for this movie, three stars. Four Weddings and a Funeral, some parts are funny, but the emotional core doesn't land like I would have wanted it to, three and a half or four stars. Room with a View, weird but funny and has a talented cast who gives amazing performances. Four stars. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, a movie that keeps you entertained with its style, action, and premise. Three and a half or four stars. Top Hat. For me, it works better as a comedy than it does as a musical. Three and a half or four stars. Rocky. Lackluster as a character movie and disappointing as a boxing movie. Two stars. Grave of the Fireflies. Depressing, but a very well-made movie about how war can devastate even the most innocent of people. Four stars. Gremlins. Delightfully fun overall, but a bit dark and disturbing. Three or three and a half stars. So, a um, couple things of note. I will be posting this, um, this recap of parts 21 through 30 on the website here in a couple weeks, the recaps for one through 10 and 11 through 20 are already up on the website. So go check those out. Um, I did start, um, catching the classics about one year ago. So that's why I'm trying to like get caught up on all these things. Now I also started a dedicated Twitter for catching the classics. So if you kind of want to see me, um, watch them kind of in real time, sort of, or at least get like a sneak peek of what I'm watching and what I think of it, you can give me a follow. It's at Catching Classic. So no S at the end, just singular, at Catching Classic on Twitter. And uh, I'll also be posting links to different um, articles that I post and I will be posting some more articles, not only about catching the classics, but about some other stuff here in the coming weeks. So make sure to keep up with realnerdspodcast.com. Go check out my stuff on there, everybody else's stuff. Ryan did some great um, posts for the Telluride Horror Show. So give that a f check that out. And so for part 31, I will let you guys pick again. We're going to do something a little bit different this time. Uh, see how it goes. Um, I will let you guys choose between Super Bad and Bad Boys. So the polls should be up for that. Go vote if it's still open. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch it sober, but I will review it tipsy, not drunk, 
because we don't get drunk in my house, but I will review it tipsy, which should make for some interesting shenanigans. So, thanks nerds for playing these on the show. Thanks for everybody for listening, reading the posts on the website and everything. And like I said, give me a follow if you want, at Catching Classic on Twitter. And I'll talk to you guys next time with <laughs> either Super Bad or Bad Boys. So, hope you had fun at your movie this week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So, you know what sucks? College basketball, Corinne. No one cares. <laughs> and you know what else is really funny about that? Is, hey, is Kansas even going to be able to play in the tournament this year? Because they got all those penalties by the NCAA. Mm. So, I don't know. So, I guess the only way Kansas can win is by cheating. <laughs> wow, shots uh, fired. I don't even know what's going on. The only, yep. thi- the only thing I remember about Hoosiers was Man, Dennis. I wish I could cheat like Bill Self and still have a job. Huh? You out there, Corinne? <laughs> oh, man. Um, now, the only thing I remember about Hoosiers is Dennis Hopper got an Oscar nom for it. Yeah, it's all right. You know. I actually like She didn't like uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I did. Yeah. It's um, a good movie. It is. It's one of those movies where they say the title in the movie. Like, I feel like a cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah. I mean, she's right. I mean, it is. there are some melodramatic moments to it. But but it's 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 that era. It's those actors. It's yep. that time and place. We're, yep. st- we're still exploring how emotions can go, man. Yeah, but it's still fun. <laughs> Brad, have you seen either of those films? I haven't. No, no. But I fully endorse. I fully endorse her watching Superbad, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I already voted for it. Yeah. I put it up like a minute ago, and I already voted for Superbad. Okay. Superbad. Because I'll I'll let uh, our listeners in on a secret. Bad Boys sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're the top ten podcast. Oh. Yeah, because well, here's the thing: it's one of those movies that has this huge following, and I never understood it. It's it's a. It's it's overrated. That is for certain. Yeah, it. it I mean, I. I it's I, well made, like technically, like visually, like it looks yeah, nice. It's, but it's, it's Michael it's, Bay. Yeah, all Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Technically, he knows how to make films. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I have no problem making Michael Bay cry if he's listening to this. No, I, I think Michael Bay can direct the hell out of action. Oh, I know he can. I've seen it before. I wish he would do it again. And I well. Wait, he's doing that. He's he's got that Ryan Reynolds movie coming to Netflix, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what he does with that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Corinne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can vote on Super Bad or not Bad Boys, and <laughs> and thanks, Corinne, for submitting thirty catching the classics. Like that's yeah. That's, you that's can follow her at catching the classics mm-hmm. on yeah. Twitter. Her on Twitter. Yeah. Brad, shall we go around town? We started that excite bike. How does the excite bike music go? It's, it's what I just played. Oh, you you playing it? Sweet. You're not listening to the episodes? Okay. <laughs> When's the last time you li- played it? It's two weeks in a row I've put it on there. Uh, I haven't listened to episodes it's in like, two weeks. It's like... Sweet. Now you don't need me to sing a theme song anymore because you picked a way cooler one. Yeah. Sweet. I might... uh. Do my old voiceover over it though, so cool. maybe not gotta, today because you got to do it in tune with the music and what like control the background noise at all. <laughs> Brad's going around town. <laughs> also, a top ten podcast with like obnoxious background noise. <laughs> <laughs> He's not obnoxious. Come on, Brad. He was banging the chair. Earlier. I know. You, you gotta learn patience, my friend. <laughs> Why I can't? You can. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's not obnoxious. He's just a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, what's going on around here? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for you. <laughs>
this week at the drive-in is the last weekend of the drive-in Boo. for the season. Boo, snow. Yeah. Boo didn't, didn't even weather. make it to Halloween. But, Boo, uh, Christmas. Yeah, financially makes sense not to add more movies. So uh, you can see 47 Hours, Joker, and Rambo Last Blood. Rambo Last Blood. Yep. Uh, a grim the season. A grim lineup. A grim <laughs> lineup. Yes. Yeah. So and then the Midnight the Esquire is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, October twenty fifth and twenty sixth, oh I guess. God. Pick oh. something else. Do the time warp again, guys. The Halloween yeah. show is supposed to be insane. I, I think there. it's so amazing that how many times that like how many people go. Yeah, every it's, month. It's man. unbelievable. Yeah. I've never been to their performance of it, but uh yeah, it's just amazing. You know, ever since I've been paying attention to the Esquire it's been going on. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's so Yeah. 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 But uh yeah, the Midnight lineup though it's like it's been Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, this like I just want to see different yeah. horror movies. Like those are like the you know I always, the popular hipster horror movies. I've always said when we if we could ever get you know Real Nerds Presents, I would do you know Friday Thirteenth Final Chapter or yeah they're actually doing Friday Thirteenth in December. The original, the original, yeah, yeah. I've seen that one like five times. Yeah, in movie theaters. Yeah, like I want some deeper cuts, weirder cuts. Yeah. You know, like the only time they've done deeper cuts is when they choose to make fun of it for Mile High Horror, which I don't mind riffing on a movie, but like show it without the riffing. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, there's tons of like Scream Factory titles oh, that yeah, no, would agree. make great midnight screenings. I'm sure there's probably rights issues or whatever, but well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you could get any film if you wanted it. There, um, well, the the Hitchcock screenings that we were going to at the Chartis, the theater manager said that dealing with the distributors has been a nightmare lately but yeah. she wouldn't go into why especially so. disney because they're like taking away all the fox and disney titles from yeah midnights and things and they they have some kind of deal with warner brothers i don't know what it is but, but um, studios are locking down and trying to make you go digital it sucks. Yeah. yeah but alamo still gets some really good stuff i mean they're yeah. showing abbott and costello meet frankenstein on the week that i won't be here but yeah, you know that's pretty cool that they're showing an Abbott and Costello movie. In well, a did you see AMC even has a streaming app now? Yeah, like don't what? even go to the theater now. Just stay home and watch movies. What are they showing on their app? Uh, they they starting to put movies out. I when I went to the movie this uh, a movie this week, they had like AMC Studios. I forget what movie it is. It's some dorky looking horror film. Yeah, like with an app or something. But it's it's new and old releases though. So like. Yeah, you don't have to go to a physical place, so they're even like kneecapping their own business. <laughs> they're like, "Hey, we should just do this streaming thing that Disney's doing and not pay property taxes and leases on huge multiplexes." It's all because Edward Norton called them out last week. That's, that's yeah. the only reason. Sucks. Edward Norton's fault. Yeah. <laughs> streaming things like that is. I mean, what is AMC offering though? I mean, I don't. I know they were launching one, but I mean, because even the Criterion. One couldn't last film struck, so. Well, they're just, doing their own now. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're offering confusion. That's what yeah. they're offering. They're offering like I think it, the new releases, so you just mm. go see like Rise of Skywalker opening weekend at home. If what? you subscribe to them, yeah, that's a dumb idea. There, do you think uh, there's no way Disney would let them do that? Would they? Mm. I mean, if theaters start going away and doing this, like there's no choice. But uh, to I don't think they'll go away. They still make billions of dollars a year. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, watched, I looked at a little bit of the roster and it's like, oh, stuff like Venom and 
Oh, yeah, that's an old movie, though. There's a song that goes, the times they are a-changing. Ron Burgundy never heard that song. <laughs> are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking right now. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, instead of, you know, just guessing, we can... Yeah, I guess we should it's actually... It's called, yeah, movie streaming website. What? No, I can't even... Yeah, it's called Yeah TV. No. Yeah? Is that, the, like, the TV channel, AMC? I'm talking about the movie theater chain. Because it, like, yeah. it was, like, AMC something. Oh, maybe it is. Oh, AMC Networks, yeah. Let's do AM. They have to play in theaters for a period of 90 days. Ah, That's so still it's, really short. So it's almost like it's similar to the Netflix But situation. Blu-rays come out now in three and a half, four months, so. Yeah. No, well, the, oh, yeah. It's 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 getting ever closer to it, that Soderbergh model. This yeah, isn't in news, just, by the way, because we didn't know about this until just yeah. now. <laughs> um, it's 3 to five ninety-nine to rent the movie, $9.99, to buy it. So it's basically just. It's iTunes or uh, yeah. Amazon Video, but with AMC. Yep. How many? Fandango has something similar to that too. Like, if they don't want the theaters anymore, just let me know and I'll buy it from you for a dollar. Because it seems like you don't value them enough as it is. Um, oh well, I'll go as long as they're still standing. It's weird that um, AMC is a publicly traded company. I don't know if I would ever invest publicly into a movie theater. Not that I. I mean, I do anyways with me going there but you're talking but, about but like being, stock wise yeah, yeah but stock wise you're being held hostage by what movies are being released mm-hmm. not just that so, but also like fluctuations in the market something yeah. goes wrong concessions being driven down like concessions makes up a big chunk of their money because the studios take more off the first couple of weekends when oh, the movies yeah. are popular and then when they just stick around that's when they pick up all the loose change yeah. from the from their run that's why like inception was really good for our theaters when it ran there because that thing stayed around for four months. So, like, after the month-and-a-half period, they got um, they got all the gross. So yeah. yeah, Movies are coming out on Blu-ray, and the- then maybe we'll get some Blu-rays coming out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Were, were you wanting Charlie's Angels Full Throttle? Is it in 4K? Then yes. Nope. Oh, no. Blu- Blu-ray I'm, and digital. I'm, but waiting, it, I'm waiting till it's Ultra HD. But that cover looks unnecessarily 90s fun. I don't know. Like it. Because <laughs> honestly, Mick G only looks the best when he's in 4K. Or when he's refusing to get on an airplane to do a movie. Uh, but you can also get the original Charlie's Angels in 4K. Uh, oh, that's the, a, the first one's fun. I, I, I like it. It's yeah. fine. Um uh, but uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark is my favorite release of the week. It's our Warner Archive. This is the original television movie oh, that yeah. inspired the Guillermo remake, which is fine. Yeah, that's fun. Um, uh, but I guess the... Okay, then. <laughs> uh, but the biggest release of the week probably is uh, the 2019 Lion King uh, remake uh, in 4K and Blu-ray. Uh, Steelbook looks pretty neat, I guess. Um, I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie. But whatever. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, you know what's another great one though? Uh, Kino Lober's putting out Trilogy of Terror two, uh, and you can get the little yep. Zumbie doll <laughs> yeah. stabbing people. I remember seeing that movie. That movie's fun. Was that a direct to video? Because I think I think that one's direct to video, and the first one was a TV made movie. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's fun. I don't know if I remember that first one with Karen Black's fun though. Yeah, yeah. no, it's really fun. Yeah. We used to um, care about making TV movies a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. Well, we have TV movies now. Yeah, They're they, called... Yeah, Netflix. Netflix or Hulu or yeah. whatever. Criterion is putting out uh, When We Were Kings, uh, which is... Uh, 
the uh, story about the rumble in the jungle uh, fight oh, yeah, between yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali and Foreman. Um, if Criterion's putting it out, I might want to pick it up because uh, I'm sure they'll make that shit look very nice. Um, there's a DC animated movie called Wonder Woman Bloodline coming out. I have no idea about this, fellas. The first uh, animated Wonder Woman was pretty good. Mm. That's the one with Rosario Dawson, yep. right? Yeah. I think she's reprising her role. Ooh. We'll be talking about Rosario Dawson later, I'm sure. Uh, Kino Loper's putting out another movie called Parasite 3D. Uh, not to be confused with the new Parasite movie coming out uh, this year. Uh, this is a horror movie, and it just looks like it's a bug, and then the word 3D nice coming out at you that from the, from the creature's mouth. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think I won't be able to sleep tonight. Um uh, Blue Underground's putting out a movie called The Killer of Dolls. Um, to which my question is, who would want to kill a doll? Uh, unless it was a Chucky doll, I suppose. Um, and then uh, the uh, Veronica Mars reboot first season is coming out on Blu-ray, so you can pick that up. That's really confusing because it's actually the fourth season, but I guess it's the first season of the rewind. I guess they're just not knowing how to to market that out. Um, you can also get uh, Satanic Panic on Blu-ray, which is a movie with Rebecca Romaine. Uh, I have no idea what the movie yeah, is. I've, but I've heard it, mixed things about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, I've heard people like you and others say that they, you know, yeah. Anyway, go watch that. Uh, season one of Shudder's show Nosferatu uh, with Zachary Kento uh, is out on DVD. You can check that out. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but. Uh, no, I haven't either. I've heard I mean, good things. I like the idea of it. Um, and then, oh, 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 there's a bit oh, of a heartthrob. Oh, oh, oh. Before there was a Cary Grant in the world, Ryan, there was Rudolph Valentino. Ooh. And you can see in Kino Private's um, uh, collection, they have the eagle. Um, he was most famous for being the sheik, uh, like a sheik character. Mm-hmm. And the women would flaunt, flock to those movies and uh, – uh, Nobody talks about him anymore, and uh, it's probably because he's just phased on in life. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the David Crosby documentary, Remember My Name, uh, is coming out. So you can check that out. And that is Blue Rays. Cool. Unspool that movie news. Real news, R-E-E-L. Remember how clever I am with puns? I don't know if you've read this article on the Denver Westward. <laughs> <laughs> It's real news. So I guess on Monday, get your Star Wars tickets. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, actually, uh, that was one of my Perfect. news segments. Wanna... Um, the tickets will be arriving. Uh, the ticket sales will be arriving soon. Uh, they will also be doing a marathon of all three trilogies. Um, after, dude, I I did the uh, the first two trilogies prior to force awakens uh when it came out so what's that 15 hours uh, yeah the force awakens one? started at midnight that night before and i stayed there that whole time wow and it was you, <laughs> it was lots of fun and you know what i might do this one oh, you're crazy uh you, <laughs> madness this is star wars i did the rambo marathon i was like yep i don't know how people do like <laughs> yeah i, I like mean, marvel I think, and star i think i'm gonna wars. do the dismember at westminster next week and that's four movies. Dude, that's not sold out yet. Marvel, Marvel is interesting. Like, I would not want to do like the whole twenty-two, but I liked how they did Captain America: Civil Wars one, where they showed Captain America one, Avengers one, Winter Soldier, and then Age of Ultron, and then you watched Civil War. Like, and it was reasonably houred. Like, I only got there at like nine a.m. and I was able to get through all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, the all of this will 
uh, happened right after a new trailer drops uh, during Monday Night Football, which uh, seems to be their uh, whole bag. So, well, I mean, it's cross promotion. ESPN is owned by Disney. Yep, that's true. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, f- some fun Star Wars news for y'all. Yeah, that's coming fast, man. Mm-hmm. A month and a half. The end. Two months. Two months. Two months. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, two months. I think. Fudge. Nineteenth, right? It's insane. It's insane. We're getting Star Wars and. It feels like nobody's talking about it. Um, but uh, anyway, though, um, to jump, to, jump dovetail off of that into d- some Disney stuff, we're getting a Mickey Mouse documentary from Morgan Neville. I know. I saw that yeah, today. It's coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, they don't have a release date, though. Yeah. But I like the idea of it oh, if no, it's, it's just awesome. focusing on Mickey as a character and his pop culture aesthetic and the, the phenomenon that oh, he was. Um, and especially if you've seen... If you don't know who Morgan Neville is, audience, uh, he did Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, um, and he did uh, a documentary about um, Gore Vidal and um, William F. Buckley um, and their debate on Dick Cavett's show. Um, and uh, I believe that's what it was. Yes, it was the Cavett's show. If I'm wrong, go ahead and uh, tweet at me or whatever. I don't freaking care. Idiot. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, he's a talented documentarian and um, – that won't you be my neighbor is it a is an amazing film about Fred Rogers so uh, you should all check that out um, uh, and the last thing on Disney's front is that I guess um, that live action Pinocchio remake uh, is still a go and we're getting Robert Zemeckis to do it um, I'm I'm down with that idea um, I haven't really been keeping up with Zemeckis uh, within the last year, cause I, so I didn't see his well, he Steve Carell movie. Yeah, he but. doesn't make movies that often. Actually, it's a pretty quick turnaround for him. Yeah, so but um, he's um, he's a very talented director. Um, anytime he's worked for Disney, it seems to have worked out for him more or less. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember I like his him. Christmas Carol movie with Jim Carrey that much. I don't remember it. I remember... It's made, well made. I remember having a bad dream that that movie would end with a CGI wrapping Scrooge, and thankfully that did not happen. Um, again, I have weird nightmares. <laughs> but um, moving on, though, um, if uh, Brad, did you want a Galaxy Quest documentary? I mean, the Blu-ray has a pretty su- uh, substantial one. So. Well, I guess now there's a, uh, a new documentary coming out called Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary uh, that tracks how the film became a cult classic. I'm actually uh, surprised that's not like a huge so special edition somewhere. Uh, there's a 20th anniversary yeah, edition. There's not. Just now. But, but nobody's tried to grasp onto it. Yeah, like, but like, I mean, there's no special documentaries or anything on it, is there? Not it until now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I mean. It sounds like it'd be like prime for a shout select or something. Yeah, maybe, maybe they mm-hmm. will. It's owned by DreamWorks, I think. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. that's is in Universal's issue. catalog. Yeah, it's yeah. Universal. Yeah. Spielberg sold it. Maybe just Spielberg doesn't want to do anything. Mm, maybe. maybe, maybe that's what he's upset about. Like uh, most days, is Galaxy Quest and just holding on to it because he doesn't want to give it up to anybody. I don't know. Um, we've got some uh, news about the Batman, the Matt Reeves movie. Um, first off, is the score will be done by Michael Chicano, uh, which I mean, he's pretty much doing every superhero movie. Why not? Yeah, sure, uh, dude. His Spider Man score is awesome, dude. I like Chicano a lot. His yeah. up score is heartwarming and makes you cry. Yeah. No, he's he's a good. And, uh, but the biggest news for the Batman is that Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler and Zoe Kravitz is going to be Catwoman. Uh, I'm down with these casting choices. This sounds like it's going to be a fun rocking time. I'm interested to see what story they're doing. I, I think the idea of him going to Arkham is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I always thought the Riddler, if you made him like the Riddler in the comics, would be an awesome on-screen villain. Mm-hmm. Where you And you force Batman to be a detective, I think would be really cool. I think that's um, why he's going to be in the movie. <laughs> and, I mean, Matt Reeves makes really good movies, so I'm, I have faith that the movie will be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. And it will truly be a planet of Batman. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Nope. I like Dana. I, I wasn't expecting that joke to land. <laughs> I, not even close. Um, that broke worse than Batman's back. <laughs> you think that joke was funny, did you? <laughs> um, so Alexander Payne had a, had a movie um, that was being developed at... Uh, it looks like Netflix, I want to say. I can't remember. He had a movie set up with Mads Mikkelsen uh, based on a Danish journalist that just got pulled a week before filming. So pretty interesting because apparently... The journalist who um, the movie is based on had a clause in his contract where he could pull out at any minute. <laughs> so before that movie gets impregnated, I don't know. Anyway, but that sucks for Alexander Payne. Yeah. Um, moving on though to people who will be, um, as far as we know, getting new projects. Uh, Ryan, your hero, the one and only Sam. Give me some sugar, baby, Ramy is going to be returning to direct a horror movie. Yeah. Written by the guys who wrote Freddy vs. Jason. Um, the project is being described as Misery Meets Castaway. Um, two very different concepts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some secluded person on an island or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. I hope it's Bruce Campbell just stuck Sam on Sam Raimi's island. being a little uh, cagey when they ask him about the what's the plot about. So mm-hmm. I like that. You know. We'll there, see. there was also additional news that I guess they found a director to do a new Evil Dead movie that yeah. he and Campbell will be producing, but they didn't say if it's a Mia story or if it's just something different. I, I would like Mia to return. Yeah, that'd be fun. I like a Mia. Um, but yeah, that, the movie will be written by Mark Swift and Damian Shannon, which I actually love their stories on both Never Sleep Again and Crystal Lake Memories about yeah. the making of Freddy vs. Jason, because yeah. those poor guys had to pick up some huge old slack. <laughs> Um, I mean, do we care that Jared Leto tried to stop Todd Phillips from making that Joker movie? <laughs> it just it just kind of makes me even angrier at him than I was before. If I was Warner Brothers, I would send him a letter, and when he opens it up, it's just really big words. It says, fuck you. Who cares? <laughs> Does he really have to be told that nobody liked his interpretation of Joker? No, but it, should, it, it shouldn't be a letter. It should be like a note inside a package, and in, in that package, a pie hits Jared Leto in the face. I, like off a spring, like in a cartoon. And you know, I've... Before he was the Joker, I read stories on the Hollywood Report that he's kind of a bitch to work with. That's... And then you read stuff like this, and you go, "Really? You're no nobody is bigger than the franchise, mm-hmm. and they don't care." Yeah. Apparently, it, within that article, you read that like because this is coming off a of Hollywood Reporter, and yeah. not everything's confirmed, so this is all alleged. But apparently, even Air didn't even like Leto's performance, and like was disappointed no. by it. So. No, I was reading that he cut tons of his stuff out. Yeah, for that reason. So that's you know why you didn't see all those shots that were in the trailer in the movie. It's because they probably weren't good. Yeah. But, but you know, you know people, their own. people do like that movie, so I don't want to give them too much. I like Harley Quinn in it. Yeah. That's why she's getting a new movie that looks yeah. even better. That yeah, movie looks fun. Yep. Looks like fun. And Ewan McGregor is going to be a bad guy. And I like to see him be a bad guy. Yeah. We'll he's, see. He's, he's good and stuff. He is. Watch Christopher Robin in Fargo. Uh, the last piece of news, though, is that um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a movie that came out in July. Um, and 
around this time was going to be the release of that film in China. That is now no longer happening because uh, the Chinese government does not like the portrayal of Bruce Lee. Um, more specifically, Bruce Lee's daughter um, uh, pled to the Chinese government to um, make them cut the scene because it, she felt it, she feels it's disrespectful to her father. Um, and the update of this as of late is that Quentin Tarantino is refusing to I would recut too. the movie. So. Really, people can't take a joke. They do know that's not real, right? Mm-hmm. The bigger, I think, the bigger issues is just is asking like, are, are how many filmmakers are going to rearrange and recut their films for uh, international audiences? If I was so Quinn, like, I'd say no. Yeah, because here's the thing: it's people that are judging it who haven't seen it, and it's it's a, like a joke in the movie. Mm. Yeah, because even who even knows if it happened? Mm. Well, it's based off of just like. His, it's it's a it's Tarantino's version of Bruce yeah. That's Lee, what I like. mean. It's I mean it, even in the movie, they don't even really say if Brad Pitt really did that to Bruce Lee. Well, I mean also because Brad Pitt's character is fictional. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it doesn't exist. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like I mean, my concern is less with that whole situation because that's a whole other can of worms. The bigger thing is is like how like how many other films get asked to get recut? Oh, they all the by time, the Chinese sure. market. Like Iron Man three apparently has a whole other subplot in the Chinese version because it was a co co production with China to a certain extent. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see how that all pans out because as of now, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will not be released in China. Um, so yeah, that's movie news. Unless I missed anything. I don't know. Anyway, that's yep. news. <laughs> Tickle yards. Tickle yards. Tickle yards. Yeah, I said pickle. I said swordfish died the way pickles. All righty. You all right, Brad? This is going to be amazing to listen to later. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's enough. One pizza. Okay. Getting mad, Brad? You're like all red. I was out in the sun today, so oh. it's just coincidental. <laughs> okay. I'm just like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine someone at home like trying to listen to the information that Zach is putting out. It's like in the back. It's like sitting in a movie theater and someone's sitting behind you. <laughs> and how much did it pick up when he was talking to me? Not that much. Okay. I was gonna say like which one is Ryan? I'll just slide it's, it down every it, time he jumps up there. It's, it's C or three. Okay. Sorry. So, but yeah, that's news. Cool. We also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call "Watching Movies Throughout the Week." Or what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Or whatever movies. Brad? What'd you watch this week? I was leaving space for the thing. Uh, this week, uh, God, what did I watch? A lot of old stuff. Um, Ninja Scroll. Sweet. Um, I haven't seen that in like 15 years. Is it still really hardcore? <laughs> yeah, I forgot how badass it is. <laughs> um, I, like, I, the, the 10, or... The Ten Demons or Eight Demons of Shimon or something. Totally forgot about that part of the thing. Like yeah. I just remember like the main his, guy and the girl. Isn't that his job? Is he's going to go kill them all or something? I can't remember the plot yeah, really. There's like this main demon guy um, who is supposedly dead. Like he had his head cut off. Yeah. And then he's got these demons of Shimon minions who are uh, out to like complete his work or whatever plan he was doing. And the rock guy is like Tessai. Yeah, Tessai is the first one. He's got this badass like, um, 
Thanos like blade that's right that cuts through everything and right away he throws it and it just obliterates all these ninjas <laughs> and they just explode and yeah I always rem- I always remember the part where he's coming up with the uh, like the homosexual guy and he's like let him go Tessai but I will kill him yeah <laughs> and then he gets the fucking blade in his head and it's just- yeah and the thing is he's got uh he's got like no rock skin okay. Sorry. Very pizza. All right, that's enough. Go Last on, one. Dude. Jesus Christ. Yes. You did them all. Uh, yeah, so he's got rock skin. That's why people can't defeat him. Yeah. Uh, but then I forget uh, the main character's Jube. name. Jubei. Jubei, yeah. Uh, he finds some way around it. Like. Yeah, I remember because that blade comes back to him. It like, chops his hand off, and then the blade goes in his forehead. Yeah, and then he like slides down <laughs> yeah. it, and his like, face cuts in half. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other demons, like the one girl who turns into a, into a snake all the time. Oh, that's right. Gosh, um, this movie is so long. And then the one guy has like the, the string that follows you anywhere, and like he can electrocute you. That's right. Yeah. Jeez. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen a movie in so long. Um, I mean, the story's not like, oh, what a great story, but no, just it's... the art and the... The graphic nature and the of a lot of it is pretty badass. Yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. So, I mean, I have flashes of the film. That's why I can remember some characters' names, but the meat of the film I can't remember at all. Yeah, I just know he goes around and kills a bunch of demons. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sweet. Yeah. And they, they, uh, oh yeah, and then the the one girl, um, she was a servant or something, and then she's an assassin, but yeah. she's got poison within inside her. Oh, yeah, so yeah, when yeah, she yeah. gets bit by the snake lady, she doesn't get infected. Um, that's awesome. And then the the guy that they thought was dead comes back, and then they have to like melt gold over him to <laughs> actually defeat him. It's like there's like a pirate ship at the end or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, and he sinks to like the bottom. Yeah. God, man, this movie's coming back to me now. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, uh, Gosh, you get that movie. I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> I, so it's been so long since I've seen it. I had it on video cassette. Yeah. That's, that's how old VHS I am. Just days. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Adam had it too. That's how I watched it. <laughs> Um, then I watched a couple comedies again, like This is the End, in both Jump Street movies. Those are just funny. You know, I've, had to, I've been Jones to watch the Jump Street movies too. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know if I've seen ads for them, or maybe because Jonah Hill's been in the news or something. Probably the know. whole Penguin news. Yeah, yeah, that didn't pan out. Hmm. And then I watched a new uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movie called We Die Young. <laughs> What's funny about that? No, no I'm just. I'm, I, I mean, I'm. It's an action movie. I'm assuming, right? I guess um, he's sort of barely in it. Okay, because like the, the title made it sound like like did he do a drama that I'm not aware of? <laughs> it's a it's a little bit of a drama. Uh, oh, okay. And he he's he is top build, but he feels like a secondary character in the movie. Okay, it's really about these two uh, Hispanic kids. Hmm. Um, I guess there's like an MS13 cell in Washington D.C. Hmm. Um, so they recruit these two kids into the gang, um, and they want to get out. So they use Jean-Claude Van Damme to help uh, get them out. And Jean-Claude has like PTSD because he was a soldier in, I think, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, where he accidentally killed a bunch of civilian kids. Um, so he got out, and then he has this trauma. And so like that's why he wants to help these kids is to like you know feel better about himself, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and it doesn't go uh, according to plan. And then the action is really like incoherent in a lot of places it just cuts to rent like all this different stuff to just make it seem more exciting mm-hmm. but you're like where are we now like yeah who's getting what and uh like there's a shootout at this quinceanera i think it was or a wedding at the end um 
and uh, you know, there's just the people in the family just scurrying for like the full 30 minutes after they uh, like the police assault uh, the house. And it's just, you know, it just keeps going. And it's like, there was only like 20 people there. No me gusta. <laughs> but no one's like made it out of the backyard yet. Um, yeah. So it was okay. It's, it's, you know, and he's not doing any kicks or anything. Mm. It's really just kind of rescuing those kids. Um, yeah, I watched Away We Go, um, because the uh, film was in 2009. I, I mean, I remember it being a good movie, but I remember just how good it was. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I forgot what, like, most of the plot, and it's really they go to each city where their family is to find out where's the best place, because, the, uh, the parents are moving to France, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they, they need to be near family so they can help take care of this accidental child they're having it's also partially about like they're trying to figure out like how 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 best to raise a child like that's the overarching in each part of their family they visit it's like a different aspect of like how to raise a child so Mm -hmm. you know and they just see how weird and (laughs) messed up some of like their family units are Mm -hmm. um so and then at the end um my rudolph's character had like her childhood house the whole time so they they realize oh we should just be our own family here. Yeah. Without the rest of those freaks. <laughs> yeah. John Krasinski is a really good actor. Yeah. You know, he's, you forget, but when you, uh, I was, I've been on vacation. I'm trying to get my comics back organized. Cause I had a really bad habit of, I'd get comics and not put them where they belong. And it's taken me so long. So I just put the office on in the background and he's really good in moments in the office. And you know, when you see a way we go or even, you know, a quiet place, he's, Pretty yeah. good. And his uh, the the game they have where, uh, uh, his wife or, or his girlfriend wants him to fight more, so just out of like out of nowhere he just calls her like a cunt sucker, like really loud <laughs> on the train. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yep. And yeah, they're like having a legitimate fight, and then he just turns that on to like, oh yeah, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need all to good fun. Yep. I need to rewatch this movie. Yeah, I know. I've been since James brought it up too. I've been really wanting to watch it. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I don't think I saw it in like ten years, but I had the DVD. So, yeah. I yeah. think the last time I saw it was in the theater. Uh, yeah, that was a good movie. And because I moved, like now all my DVDs are like in a like a plastic shoebox sure. under the bed. So I'm just I'm going through the DVDs, being like, oh man, I haven't put this in in like ten years. So yep. watch this now, and yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I also watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force the movie again finally. <laughs> Because that's only on DVD. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, and I love that movie. It's so ridiculous. You know, um, it, every once in a while, I throw in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. One, because the episodes are like eight minutes long, mm-hmm. so you can just... Blow through them really fast. And I love that there's no continuity. Yep. You know, they'll all die <laughs> the episode before, and then they're just back at hanging out the pool. And... <laughs> yep. And obviously, that opening number about being quiet in the movie theaters yep. is classic. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, the movie's just so random. and. Mm-hmm. Watching it again now, you just see it. It feels like they're just like there's no second pass of the script. Like it's just nope. whatever first idea came to them. Because <laughs> yeah. um, by the end, you know, uh, Frylock and Doctor Weird. You know, at first you think that Doctor Weird is their creator, but then they reverse it and it's Frylock is their creator, and then suddenly they have a mom. A, that's a nine-layer a, burrito, and, and then the movie just ends. And that's and that burrito is voiced by Tina Fey. Yeah. Yep. Um. Oh my favorite moment is still the opening where it's like, my father built this castle. He said that weirds would live here for a thousand years. 
and now it's being turned into fucking lofts. <laughs> and all the like the the placement cards at the bottom were like 2000 BC <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> New York. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's like in there in space, and it's, it says New York again. <laughs> oh uh, shit! Bruce Campbell is a chicken McNugget. I forgot chicken about Biddle. that. Chicken yeah. Biddle. Yeah, yeah, he dies. Yep, it's exploded. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss. They used as two or three years ago. They used to do Carl's lock pick of the week of the mm. century for football. for football, and it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I miss Carl. Yep, that's all I watched. Yeah, that's awesome. Zach, um, not a whole lot. Um, continuing on the Hitchcock kick. Um, I rewalk. <laughs> Hitchcock kick. Um. That should have been the title of the podcast, Cock Kick. Yeah. Um, uh, I rewatched Secret Agent, um, which uh, is is kind of like it's it's an early British film by Hitchcock. That's not. It stands out only in certain moments, but it's not like it's not among the top British classics like a Thirty Nine Steps or a Lady Vanishes. Um, but it's based off of a play uh, and an uh, and an article and. It's mainly about just trying to foil another spy's plans during World War One to end the war. Um, it's a movie where Peter Laurie's the hero or one of the heroes in the movie. So he's not like a bad guy. Um, he does die at the end, though, because he Spoilers, was kind fuck. of. Oh, it, the movie's like 84 years old. I know. I, how Were you guys really surprised that Peter Laurie died in a movie, though? I mean, I don't think you know who he is, but you. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting because he normally plays a person who. There's there's a few movies where he gets to play somebody of noble merit, whether it's this or Passions to Marseille. But um, I just liked watching him in the movie. Um, he's actually responsible for one of the scenes in the movie that actually kind of predicts what Rear Window is going to do for an entire movie in terms of the POV, like really focusing on perception uh, from a certain point in, uh, in the distance. Um and what you can do within that. Um, the the big problem of the entire film is that John Gilgood is in the movie. And if you've never heard of John Gilgood, you would remember him from Arthur as his butler. And he was a heartthrob back in the day. And he could have given two shits about the script. So he plays the movie super flat. And everybody else around him is doing a wonderful job. So it sucks when your lead hero is bland AF. Um, but it's Hitchcock. It's a great, it's, it's still a great movie. It's just, it's, it's one that I, if they did a criterion or like a restoration of it, I think you'd have to do it from anybody other than criterion or criterion may have an angle on it in discussing John Gilgood's indifference in the movie. Um, but yeah, I'll be probably chatting more about the espionage films and the war films at a certain point with this guy here. Cool. Um, cause I, I think I chatted with you about it not too long ago, but, um, if not, I'll do it again after this show. Sweet. Um, but, um, I, I got into a Marvel fit <laughs> this week That's and okay. I, and yesterday I watched five Marvel movies. Wow. Um, mainly because I had some time Man, at work. If I didn't have a wife or a kid. That's probably what I'd be doing. I know. Trust me, my my loneliness is my consequence. Um, <laughs> no, it's, sometimes it's the greatest thing. My yesterday, I had to go to a birthday party for one of Kellen's classmates, uh-huh. and I my wife thinks I'm antisocial. It's not that I'm antisocial. It's just I don't. I don't give a fuck about these people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing: is because of my job. When I go to places, people always will tell me stories about the time they were 
contacted by police. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Did you speed? Well, then you get a ticket. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 cool story, bro. Yeah. Go, uh, people are speeding on my street like, all the time. Um, and I haven't seen you guys out there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. By the way, Ryan, did I tell you my police story? <laughs> um, so I was doing this podcast with this guy, and then he got fired from Qdoba, and then he became a police officer. <laughs> true story, bro. True story. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I... I love having a wife. I love having my kid. Mm-hmm. But I realize that my favorite thing to do is to be left alone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I know you don't like this movie, but it's it's like Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood where he's just like, I just want to get enough money to get out of here to go alone. Because, <laughs> so I got um, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to play it. And I'm like, I keep on getting fucking – I can't focus on it. Mm. The same thing happened when I had Breath of the Wild. It's not like Mario. Where, I mean, uh, Mario 3D World is amazing. Um but I could pick that up and go grab like a a sun or sun, or you know whatever a star piece, and then I could turn it off and it wouldn't matter. Now it's you know Zelda's you gotta sit there and like solve puzzles and I can't do it when I'm married. Yeah, I love my wife. She's a wonderful lady. Yeah. If it's any consolation, like I go to bed crying at night. But anyway, <laughs> I do too. My wife yells at me all the time. Uh, oh, so it's just for different reasons. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. Um, but the Marvel movies I watched, though, um, I rewatched Thor Ragnarok, uh, which I would think it was the first time I'd seen it in a couple years. But um, uh, like not a couple years. Sorry, like a, like it's been a while. But um, that movie still fucking rocks. Um. I like how it's basically the beginning of Thor's arc um, and Hulk's arc for that matter for Ragnarok, Infinity War and Endgame and kind of exploring how it's much a turning point for the character. For yeah. Sure. And how much he's been through and what are the emotional consequences of his actions up to that point. Um, and then uh, I rewatched Ant-Man and the Wasp and that movie worked way better for me the second time around. Like it's, movie. it's such a fun movie. Randall Park is funny as fuck in that movie as the FBI agent. Um, cause I just, I like how he's trying to learn the online magic. <laughs> like, and he's like, it, it's at his desk and he's trying to learn it as they're like, we got a lead. Leads are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, one of my favorite lines in that film from Michael, uh, from Michael Douglas is, um, when Ant-Man has to shrink down and they put a little hoodie on him so that he can run around the school, comes back and they're like, Hey champ, how's school today? <laughs> Do you want a string cheese and some juice box? Wait, you have that? <laughs> that was a good snack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, still fucking awesome. Uh, and then Black Panther, still one of the best Marvel movies I've ever seen, hands down. Um, actually was listening to the score a lot um this time around and that score is just fucking i mean like out of the out of the few good decisions that the academy awards made this year for rewarding movies from 2018 giving the oscar to that score was one of the best choices they made the uh picture they have for the title page on netflix is where black panther is in the tree and there's gun flash mm-hmm. so it's really bright and it looks really bad yeah it looks like he's on a soundstage, which and, I'm sure he was, but and you know what? I'm fairly sure that Netflix is having trouble playing it because it took me forever to start that fucking thing. Mm, that's um, why I have Ultra HD, and I don't fucking care about Netflix. Well, it was the only way I could watch the movie on um, at work. So, mm. but uh, but yeah, no, that movie still fucking rocks. I I like rewatching that movie and just getting movie. into the world. I really I cannot wait for a fucking sequel. Um, and then I got home, put on my 4K discs of Infinity War and Endgame, and did a double feature of that. Um, and 
I, I haven't watched Infinity War since I watched Endgame. So I like Infinity War a lot, and I think it's a, a lot better in my head than it was when I saw it last year. But um, I kind of found myself eagerly waiting for Endgame <laughs> as the whole movie was going on. Uh, but Josh Brolin's performance in the film still keeps me going. Um, uh, and then rewatched Endgame. That thing's that thing's every time I keep rewatching it, I, I it goes higher and higher on my list. It's just it's fucking incredible. That final shot with Peggy and Cap still makes me cry. Um, and I was mainly watching through all of these to be like, well, are these cinema? And my answer is yes, they fucking are. <laughs> like, you know how I know? Because they use camera angles. They have stories. They have thematic elements that are true to both real life and also within the fictional world. And they have characters you can relate to. Yes, it's cinema. So that ends the debate, guys. Yes. Nobody has to. Nobody can say anything else. I, I understand what your intricate points are. My point is, is that it played in a movie theater. You know, it's cinema. One thing <laughs> I hate about that. Scorsese stuff. It's the Netflix thing. Is every, every, well, that, but everyone says he's not wrong. No, he's wrong. Mm -hmm. You can say he's wrong. No, it's, it's, I think he's wrong. I understand he, what he's saying, but he's wrong. No, I don't understand what he's saying at all. He's, he's so full of shit. I, every, my whole argument is he's saying that they're invading cinemas. And I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm like, dude, you literally have a movie that you're putting on Netflix and you're putting it in cinemas on purpose so you can get awards for it. My, my, That's you literally invading the cinemas i understand that no he's he's frustrated that he had to go to this option and that's we'll make the better movies that, he does make good movies he makes he does make movies. good movies what's his, his last great movie uh i think silence is a pretty good movie and one of our co you just said pretty good so pretty what's his last great movie last great movie um you have to make movies like Wolf of wall street is pretty awesome uh um, it is i think hugo's a masterpiece um <laughs> I do actually it is. It's pretty wonderful. Okay. You have to get movies that It's actually a great 3D movie because it uses that technology properly. Um, um as did Avatar, but um, Anyways, Brad, you were saying <laughs> like you have to make movies that get people up off their ass at home yeah. and go to the theater. And his frustration is that his movies don't attract audiences anymore yeah. because they're dense and they don't They're not they're not get outside for, to the movies on Saturday night, which again, that's the that's only part his of, fault though. I, I and that's because those are the stories he chooses to tell, and that's his thing. Marvel's doing a good job at making their thing, so why, you know, get angry with them? At the end of the day, guess what? This art form progressively changes every decade. Like, even not even every decade. Like, every two years it changes it to some degree. I would also argue that in, uh, Endgame has more emotional beats than any Scorsese film I've ever seen. That's pretty fair. Because I, I mean, and I know that a lot of that is payoff from a long series of films, but that doesn't mean they're still not effective. No. And I was sending you messages today, or was it? It was yesterday, right? It was. I, I sent you text messages at some point, going like, if if Scorsese is going to make that argument, then he has to discount a lot of films that he's talked about in the past as being inspirations for his own yeah. oeuvre of work. Like, I I use the example of Busby Berkey. I love Busby Berkeley musicals. I think they're fun. I think they're inventive. I think they're unique. They are not dense thematically, mm -mm. but they have a place in cinema in terms of our history, right? Yeah. The, the point is, is that superhero genre is another genre that in 50 years is going to be upheld as a genre that has meaning and depth and definition. The reason nobody's saying that now is because everybody's afraid. Everybody, it's reactionary. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
everything that changes the industry has backlash. But this is <laughs> time is a flat circle. Everything happens at once. It all keeps going. You yeah. know? I mean, in the 70s, I'm sure the studios were like all these indie filmmakers coming around, like defying the system. Exactly. Um, you know, he was the people he's ragging on now. Yeah. You, you, if you follow Hollywood, there's mm-hmm. always <laughs> wood. <laughs> there's always rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if you go, uh, you know, Cary Grant kicking the studio system. And there's always these factions in Hollywood where they're against change. And is Endgame the best movie of the year? Yeah, it has to be. It's a culmination of 22 films telling a cohesive story. And it's three hours long and it feels like it's an hour and 20 minutes long. How many other movies like the franchise falls apart at the first sequel? (laughs) Yeah, there's 22 of them. Hmm. 23, I'm sorry, Spider-Man. But it's... I, I, it's asinine. It, it's, it, it's it irritates a, me. It's an accomplishment. Is it my number one movie of the year? As of now, not yet, but it's still on Should my list. It's on my list. I understand that. But my, my, my point is, is that, you know, I like Scorsese. I like his films. I like the things he discusses like in his films. I, I mean, I'm of the opinion that his oeuvre, it doesn't matter if the film's bad or not. It has something to talk about, but that doesn't. Like I, I don't. I think he's just being a whiny old man. Yeah, and I, I, I I, I honestly think, um, freaking, um, what's his fucking Jesus movie name? Oh, Last Temptation of Christ is a a shitty movie, and everyone thinks it's so great. Oh, I like that movie. Yeah, it's shitty. Mm. Defoe's great in it. Yeah, Defoe is awesome in it. But it's it was hard for it was just hard to watch. Yeah, I like that movie. I understand that not everybody likes it. It's not for everybody. Yep. But. Point being, like, and I'm not even trying to shit on Scorsese. I'm just also, I'm also, well, (laughs) I'm just trying to say, at the end of the day, like, look, if you're going to say that, then how many other times have, like, within the the past 50 years of Hollywood's history, has stuff like this come up, and then it becomes a non-issue 20 Mm. years down the line? It shouldn't be an issue anyways. Yeah. I I know. I I agree. No, I know. But it's difficult, because it's just like, that's, Scorsese's one of my heroes, but he's, he's saying the wrong thing right now. Yeah. Um, Are we still on here? What we what you've been? Yeah, no, that's all I watched this week. No, I was. It was just frustrating me since last week because I was just like, I I I don't know. Like, it just it had a bug on my ass because I'm just like, can't cinema just be all the things? Because that's pretty much what it is. Like, at this point, if it's showing in a movie theater, to me, it's cinema because. There are many films that are not showing. Just as what Robert Downey Jr. says about it. He basically calls him an idiot without it, calling him an idiot. See, yeah, that, like, that's, that's the best response to it that doesn't insult the legacy of a long-time award-winning filmmaker and doesn't dispel a franchise that has given us emotional and financial satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, anyway, that's all I watched this week. Uh, End rant. <laughs> I go back a little bit. I watched a few Cary Grant films. Um, I watched Sinners in the Sun, which is with Carol Lombard. Um, Carol Lombard is the star of it. She is a Jezebel, guys. She's a model who stays out late at night drinking, smoking. A harlot! <laughs> uh, yes, and her dad doesn't approve of it. Uh, she, this garage mechanic named Jimmy wants to marry her, but she says, you don't have enough money. Go pound sand. And then um, <laughs> she gets engaged to a rich philanthrop- philanthropist, and um, she realizes that maybe money isn't everything, and maybe Jimmy is a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is only after her dad kicks her out of the house. He says... I'm tired of you coming home at two in the morning smelling like booze and c- cigarettes. Get out. Oh, if you're wondering, Cary Grant's movie, he is. He's in it for like five minutes. <laughs> and he's some dude at a 
restaurant who asks her out and she says no and then he leaves. Um, <laughs> never comes back. Uh, it's all right. She said no to Cary Grant. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, I think it's his second or third film. Um, he's still kind of, hey, he's there because he's good looking. <laughs> Uh, I want to make a Cary because, Grant movie now called uh, Hey, He's There. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, in the 30s, uh, the credits, you know, there's only like five or six actors that are o- even credited. Yeah. Um, and if you're number five, you're probably not in the film that much. Yeah. Um, just like Merrily, We Go to Hell. He's not in it too often. Um, he and Merrily Goes to Hell is um, this dude is an alcoholic and a writer, and he also is an adulterer. And. His wife is like, fuck you, get out of my house. And we have a word for that back in the 40s. It's called a bum. Yeah. A bum. You're just a bum. Yeah. So um, so he leaves and she decides she's going to have an affair too. And her affair she has is with Cary Grant. And he's in it about five minutes again. Can't go wrong there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then at the end, you know what? He learns the errors of his ways, guys. Hmm. He stops drinking. He writes a successful play. Um, this is... Uh, what I love about 1930s movies is it's about an hour and 20 minutes of conflict. And then in like a minute they go, okay, well I learned my lesson mm-hmm. and it's to the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, I watched toast of New York, which is actually a really great movie. Um, Cary Granson a little more. He's not the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the main character guy right now, but anyways, Cary Grant and these two other dudes are basically thieves and they're, they just swindle people out of money. And uh, the main character, I cannot believe I can't remember his name. Um, but anyways, he um, develops a scheme where he's going to buy all the gold in the United States and create a stock market crash. And uh, so he basically becomes drunk with power. And um, he, so he wants everything. So he's going to, he tries to buy this actress, but the actress starts falling in love with Cary Grant. Edward Arnold. Thank you. Yeah. He's a great actor. Um, and uh, so when he causes... The so it's this is eighty six years old guys I'm gonna spoil the ending, mm-hmm. um, so when he the dude buys all the thing and Cary Grant's telling him no you can't do this it's it's like a depression era film where the rich people are the bad guys and um, so it's basically rehashing the stock market crash but in a different way uh, excuse me rich people are always the bad guys no matter <laughs> yes. what it doesn't matter um, but the movie's actually really I was actually surprised how good the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, it's one of the hidden gems in the Cary Grant things I've been watching, and Cary Grant's really great in it. Uh, it you know, around this time, um, thirty-three to thirty-seven, he really starts turning a corner mm-hmm. into being a leading man. Well, that's when he starts getting a lot more notice. Yeah, stuff. I want to see this movie. It's yeah, got Edward Arnold, Francis Farmer. Yeah, she's great in it. Um, yeah, Jack Oakey, man. I'll let you borrow it. Um, and uh, the last Cary Grant film I watched was The Passion and the, Oh no, two more. Sorry, one was The Passion and the Pride. Um, Frank Sinatra's the passion in that yeah. one, isn't it? Sorry, this yeah, is actually yeah. two weeks worth of movies. Yeah, um, that's all good. And it, it's really well made. It's Stanley Kramer. Um, yeah, a director. Hell, hell yeah, it is. It's almost as if though he made the best comedy of all time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, in it, Cary Grant plays a English colonel, and he has to get this giant cannon across Spain. It's during the Napoleonic Wars. Mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra plays a Spanish general um and sophia lorenz in it because she's attractive um of course she falls in love with carrie grant creates friction between the two um it's really well shot it's kind of boring it's you know it's almost two and a half hours long and i mean it looks great it's a stanley camera movie all right (laughs) well but you think it because it's a war film you'd be oh 
you know, cool, but it takes a little bit to get going. It's shot really well. Um, it's I think it's a it's it's a situation, especially with Kramer films around that era, where like I th- I find the plots interesting. Yeah, but I think that the pasting pa- the pacing prior to um, the '60s is a little still it's a little labored. Yeah, it's because they're trying to, the film is trying to create an epic an experience. And, and around yeah. there, I mean, you know, you got films like Ben Hur and where it's really cool to make really long movies with like epic. Where you have an intermission and whatnot. It's a night yeah. at the theater, yeah. and it's a lot of it has to do with the emergence of television. Yeah, and I mean, Grant and Sinatra are okay in it. You can you can kind of tell Grant's not 100% in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's 57, so he's almost on his way out. I think he only makes, I think, seven more movies after this. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, he's good in it, but he's not Cary Grant good. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's not a Kramer movie I revisit a bunch. Yeah, like, I, I, I'll rewatch Judgment at Nuremberg, which is longer yeah, and yeah. more depressing, before I but, rewatch this one. But That one's really good. Um, but, <laughs> it is a great movie. I, Kino Lober just put it out on the road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all right. Um, and then the last Cary Grant film I watched was Alice in Wonderland, which was awful. Um, you texted me about this. <laughs> the, so Cary Grant is the mock turtle, and they literally cover his whole face up. Except there's these really creepy times where you can see his whole head inside the mock turtle's like costume. Yep. So he's completely covered. Gary Cooper's in it as the White Knight. And he's completely covered too. Yeah. The film is shot really weird. Uh, I think they're trying to make it like a lavish production, but it. It just falls flat to me. If you look back, because what year was it? It's 33. Uh, 33. Okay, so this is right in line with this. There are fantasy films that try to get made between like 1919 and this, and like nine, before Wizard of Oz, essentially, where fantasy films look like they like came straight out of hell because of the way yeah. the costumes look and just the set design and whatnot. The oddly enough, the only one who kind of breaks that tradition is somebody like Walt Disney, yeah. who does the um, the Alice shorts, oh, uh, yeah. where they he makes this in the animation, and so it, the, the separation's different. But if you look back, um, I think it's prior to Wizard of Oz. There's a version of a midnight, a Midsummer Night's Dream, where Jim Jimmy Cagney is in the movie, and then he plays the donkey uh, in that. And they just put a big old donkey head on him. It's weird. It's it's so strange. If you want nightmares, um, because it's staged really weird. Mm-hmm. It's all on sound stages, and I mean, it might be the most faithful adaptation of the book, because the book is garbage too. Sorry, <laughs> people that like that story. Um, oh, Lewis Carroll's crying. Yeah, Wait, I don't care. Yeah. Um, if you want to see Alice in Wonderland, watch a Disney version because it's at least enjoyable. Oh yes, with Johnny Depp. Oh yes, everybody yeah. should watch that. Yeah, yeah, the Johnny Depp version. <laughs> Um. So yeah. So that's what I watched. I only have one film left. Um, oh, not Susie because I'm not going to spend fifty dollars on a Gene Harlow. Movie. So that's just going to be the forever lost one. But and, you didn't. Technically, you didn't do every Robert Downey Jr. movie ever until recently. Uh, no, I'm still missing some because some you can't get. It's really weird. He has some weird films. Um. <laughs> um. But, but anyway, Susie. So, yeah, Susie so will I, never see. So the last one, and I'm going to edit poetically, is I'm going to watch Walk Don't Run, which was Cary Grant's last film. Uh, um, good way to stop. So uh, I already started working on the article. Uh, thanks, Brad. Um. So hopefully that will be up sometime this week. It's taking me a lot longer to write it than I thought it was going to. Now, now, um, now what would you like to do next? Uh, it'll be it'll be Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. I've already started. Um, Getting the movies of hers I didn't have. I actually have a lot of her movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I have Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and things like that. So um, she has a really diverse filmography. 
I know. So I'm kind of excited. Um, it'll be fun. It makes me want to really watch the Where'd You Go, Bernadette movie, which, yeah. which came and went really quickly. And I kept on trying to see it at the Alamo, so I wouldn't really have to pay for it, but I could never, because it's only good for like three weeks. Yeah. And then after the first week when it didn't do well, it went down to like two showings a day and yeah, whatever. I, I recommend after Blanchette in five years, mm-hmm. you <laughs> you do Carol Lombard because oh, I, I think you'd have fun with that. I might. Um, and you know what kind of movie you'll have to watch for that marathon. So, so happy. <laughs> Maybe that's why I won't do it. Um, uh, also, this um, this last week. No. Uh, hurry up. Holy Fear Pizzas. Um, Holy Fear so Pizzas. This last week, my wife and I went back to Telluride Horror Show, um, which the real nerds invaded for two years uh, for their third and fourth or second and third iterations. Iterations. I don't remember, um, but it's way bigger now. Um, they actually have a third venue, um, and that venue seats 460 people. Dang. And um, when I went there, I actually was going to see one more movie, but it was sold out, um, which never happened before as well. Um, all the restaurants were open. Late? Yeah. I, there How was late? Nev- <laughs> uh, till like 11. There was, nice. there was no point where there wasn't a restaurant open and it was it was bizarre because we were there remember it used to be a ghost town yeah and we had to eat uh protein bars in our hotel room (laughs) so after nine right so so i didn't know what to expect my wife and i got um a hotel at the at the end of town it's called the hotel telluride is really nice um but the palm theater is their high school like auditorium and that's probably where they show like the Telluride Film Festival films because the screen was really nice and the sound system was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was it was tripping me out because I took for granted being able to get into movies because every time we were there, there's you know fifty sixty people in the th- in the theater. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, and when we were um, we took a we got a ride from the chauffeur at one time to go see this movie called Porno, and while we we're going there, he said that it's a couple thousand people now go there for that festival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a trip, but really in a really cool way. Um, I saw a lot of the people we saw there before, like Ted who runs it and um, a lot of people from behind the scenes and they were all really nice again. Um, yeah, it was, it's crazy. Uh, so I saw f- four movies there. Uh, the first one I saw was wounds, which is coming out on Hulu pretty soon. Uh, it has Dakota Johnson and army hammer. Um, is this the movie where to promote it he likes put a bunch of fake bugs on the ground or something uh, like probably because there's lots of bugs in the movie i don't know okay yeah anyways he plays this bartender in new orleans and these kids leave behind a cell phone and the cell phone is like evil or something so, i don't know so it's like stephen king's cell no in cell know. the there's a cell signal and they turn into zombies this they wow. um some say i don't even know this movie was Sounds stupid. like 47 hours yeah yes yeah, so might be yeah <laughs> Um, so he, in it, he finds his phone and he takes it home and he texts the guys like, Hey, you forgot this phone. And one of the guys texts back, help me. And then he gets texts back. This dude's dead body. And then Dakota Johnson hates him for some reason. And he's an asshole and he's drunk all the time. So I, at the beginning, I'm like, Oh, is this like, uh, saying something on alcoholism because he's always drinking in it? Nope. Just there's bugs in it. And, Yep. I don't really know what happened in it. It was lots of bad acting. The, the bugs represent shots of whiskey. And, and they go into his It's called man. wounds, then. It must so, be some... Yeah, so there's a wound on this one dude, and the, 
uh, they find this book called the Book of Wounds, but they never really explain what it is. It's something to do with, I don't know. And then Dakota Johnson at one point is just staring at a screen uh, that's this black hole or tunnel that keeps on going through. Hmm. And but it's shocking. She sat there so long she peed. <laughs> it, it's it seems like it was made and written by a dude who thinks he knows what's scary. And it's not scary. It's just really poorly executed, poorly paced, and poorly directed uh, to create tension. He does, you know, shaky cam. So there's a part where Army Hammer says, "Oh my God, what's happening to my girlfriend, Dakota Johnson?" I don't remember the real names of the movie. <laughs> oh, Carrie and uh, Will got it. And so he runs up, and the camera's all shaking, and you know, it's supposed to create tension. It said, "Wow, this is film school 101." Yeah. Um, so it's just never worked and the ending is trying to be creative and it's just stupid Mm. um so yeah if you want to watch that henry said he is looking forward to it whatever i'll have to check it out but Mm. there was people i'd say the audience was about split in our theater there's people that thought it was really gross and i don't know if i'm just conditioned because i've seen so many horror films and i'm like whatever this is stupid Mm. um so yeah whatever um another one i watched my favorite one was called scare package and it was uh anthology which is seven different directors made seven different films Mm -hmm. um and it's a really uh, self-aware movie. And it was really fun. So it opens with this dude named Mike. And he's just walking to this fork in the road. And uh, he's trying to spin this arrow. And it says, uh, abandoned, haunted, insane asylum or something. And so he's trying to point the arrow. Um, and so he, this band full of teenagers comes up. And they go, we don't want to go that way. There's an abandoned, insane asylum that's haunted. And then you find out that he's a dude in the horror films that cuts power. Or sends people the wrong way. Um, he sets up like demonic toys. And so the film's really clever because at that point, so when he's setting up the demonic toys, it goes like, wah, 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 like the grainy film. And then it cuts to him like dropping them. He's like, fuck. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, yep. And then uh, he, he's talking to his cop friend. And she, and she says, how do you think I feel? I always shoot people on the left shoulder. Like, she can never kill people. So at the end, he tries to insert himself into like these babysitters because he cuts the power, and he ends up accidentally killing them. And he, uh, um, and he, so he, this girl accidentally runs into a knife, so he pulls down a mask and he pulls a knife out and it sprays blood all over his face. And <laughs> then the cop comes in and shoots him in the left shoulder, and it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so it, it's. Really clever. Uh, the big wraparound story is called Rad Chad's Video Store, where it's this really douchey dude who wants to have a friend. And this little Asian guy named Han comes in and applies for the job. And there's a creepy dude who hangs around the store. Um, there's a crazy one called One Time in the Woods, which is balls to the wall gore. Um, it's most of them are really, really good. I think it's better. I thought I liked it more than Nightmare Cinema. It was more fun. Mm. Um, but then there was two. That so after um, once one time in the woods where it's just like people melting getting their heads chopped off. There's a part where this dude throws a ball and it hits a dude in the head and it goes makes an explosion sound. The head blows up and then it cuts to this one where it's funny. It's um, a werewolf movie or segment, but it seems like a huge letdown because it comes right after the high of this um, insane one. And then it comes back again. I can't remember the order. And then it goes to <laughs> this this Han dude picks up this movie and it says. Um, post-feminism slasher female revenge story and it's just stupid and then it brings it down again but then it picks back up right um but it, it's really fun if you have a chance to see scare package i definitely recommend it okay um so what i like at having oh yeah, the yeah, shit yeah out of nightmare cinema oh yeah okay, it, cool. it, you can tell it's limited 
um, a lot like Nightmare Cinema, but I think it's a little more clever. Okay. Um, it, but you have to be a fan of horror films because it's a lot of, hey, remember this time in a horror film? Remember this stuff in a horror film? Okay, cool. Right on. Well, I really like Nightmare Cinema. That's that's definitely on my yeah. top um, so. uh, I also watched a movie called The Deeper You Dig, which uh, the, the cool thing about this movie is actually made by a family. Um, so the writers, so there's three of them, um, a wife and a husband and their daughter who's like 15. Uh-huh. And they all directed it. They all wrote it. Huh. Um and it's really well shot. Um, they cared a lot about the cinematography. Um, and so that's what really impressed me about the movie. The story is ho-hum. It's this dude accidentally kills this girl. And then um, she comes back and haunts him. And her, her mom's a psychic. Okay. So she knows that this dude did it. I think they're, I think the story's a little clumsy. Um, but it looks really good. I mean, there, there are shots in there. I go, wow, these people really like... Uh, the Coen Brothers and um, and Hitchcock, they do a lot of uh, pitch black mm. um, silhouettes with, you know, the uh, and one part of the screen, there'll be color like out a window, but you see everybody else moving in shadows. I mean, the effects are pretty lame. Um, it's not s- scary, um, but I, I was impressed that it was a family um, that did it and they all had their own thing. And the dude, the director afterwards is saying, yeah, you know, I'm not very good at uh, tracking shots. So my 15 year old daughter does the tracking shots and it is, is, is really impressive hmm. in that regard. That's um, interesting. And the last movie I watched was called Porno, and it's about this small Christian town um, movie theater. It's in 1992, and they show A League of Their Own and um, fuck Encino Man <laughs> are the only two movies they show. And then on Friday nights, they're allowed to watch any movie they want. It can be A League of Their Own or Encino Man. Um, and while they're there, some crazy old dude breaks into the basement, and they find a burned-out other theater. And they find a film that has um, like a satanic overtone to it. And it's a succubus and she's actually real. And when you play this film, she comes out and um, basically brings out the worst perverted part of you. So if you're a peeping Tom or um, stuff like that, and then she kills you, like basically mutilates your genitalia by doing it. Ah. And it's pretty balls to the wall. Um, it's it's pretty good. They have like the gore is great. The, there's lots of nudity. Um, cause the succubus is, she's really attractive. Um, and they, it takes a while to get going cause they let the characters build up a little bit. So I liked it, that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all in all those, those three films are really good. I, I'll never see wounds again. Uh, the other ones I'll watch again. Um, and then what else did I see? Uh, I saw Adam's family this week. Mm. Um, it How was, was it fun? No. Okay. I, Kellen really wanted to see it. Kellen really likes spooky movies. So when Warren and I got back, we, we went and saw it, and the whole time I said, man, this movie's really boring. Mm, that and was it, my fear. And it seems like they're just setting up, um, like Charlie Theron plays Morticia. Uh-huh. So they'll say, I don't want to go to school today, but honey, it's ghoul day. You know, mm. really stupid puns throughout it. Nick Kroll's pretty good at, as Uncle Fester. Um, that reminds me a lot of the cartoon strips you see for Charles Adams's original creation yeah so i mean that's basically what it is but they're just trying to remind you that oh wednesday's really boring mm. and then they just try to um okay buddy and so they just keep on trying to i don't know and then they have a loose thing of a plot where the adams kids have to compete in this sword competition or you won't become an adams what in the fuck is this mm. um to be, i don't know to be honest 
like my knowledge of the Adams family extends in 500 different directions. So I've never been really clear on other, the cartoons by Charles Adams back in the day are literally just, it's no different than a peanuts thing where you can kind of take it wherever you want, but be careful that you don't lose the spirit of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I I was more of a monsters guy. So maybe that's why too. Uh, Um, Man, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. I know I'm not. It's, those it, those Adam Family's movies, though, f- that Barry Sonnenfeld did are a lot of fun. Oh yeah, no, those so those are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, like the character designs, really annoying too. Mm. I mean, wh- why are some of their heads really? Uh, that's that's yeah. Charles Adams designs. That's why. Like those are the old old strips, and that's mm. fine. But it's still, it's really distracting in 3D. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, well, get ready because there's a sequel already set up for 2021. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I that's what I watched this week. How is Snoop Dogg as cousin It? Uh, he doesn't. He makes the noises like they do in the. But does he do them correctly? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's his voice is distorted. So oh, so it's like I mean, been... he does roll up in on in a Snoop Dogg rap. So they just made sure they put that in there. So the, I thought that was just a trailer thing. So okay, that's in that movie. All right, I might still watch it yeah. anyway. I mean, but... I'd wait till it's on Netflix or something. But All right. it is. I was so bored in that movie and. Most even kids' movies I can get entertained in. Yeah. Um, but it was like I was watching Alvin and Chipmunks Chipwrecked. I, I just... Yeah. Yep. I'll yeah. tell you, though, like, sometimes they surprise me. Like, the Peabody and Sherman movie surprised me when I watched it on Netflix. I'm like, man, I would have watched this in a theater. This is mm. fun. Yep. Uh, two things. I, f- I, I forgot. I watched Jexy. <laughs> the, oh, the, the Siri thing. Yeah, the... the, the, the uh, her, but a comedy, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it... <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really funny when the cell phone voice, which I guess is Rose Byrne, is hubba, just hubba, being hubba. just being really mean to what's his name, uh, Adam Devine. Adam yeah. Devine, um, but that's about it. Like, there's a subplot where he's just trying not to be a loser <laughs> his whole life, um, and get with this girl who runs a bike shop. But yeah, other than that, um, the only really part I was entertained by was uh, yeah, the murderous <laughs> phone. Yeah. Not murderous, but she's like, like just really mean. Like, okay. And she rips on everybody. And uh, what's his name from Ant Man's in it as his boss? Um, um, Michael Pena. Michael Pena, yeah. Okay. Um, and he's an even bigger loser. So by the end of the movie, like the the cell phone's transferred to him, so he can like fix his life. Um, yeah. And then um, I forgot to mention uh, in going around town, Jean Claude Van Damme's damn van oh, right. is having a fifth anniversary screening. At the Bug Theater on November 10th to the day. Nice. That it premiered in 2014. So uh, we'll be showing the movie again, this time with the new Bug screen and 5.1 surround system. And then the bonus features that will be on the Blu-ray. So you'll see like 45 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage and then like another 35 of uh, outtakes and bloopers. Cool. So hope I can make it. I think I have to work that day. What, What day is it? It's a Sunday. Yeah. So hope I can make it down there. I'll be down there at 7 p.m. Yeah, uh, as long as I get free. off on time, I can make it. But yeah. I'll but I'll get there just in time, just so I can be like made it. And if you want to skip the movie, you know, just show up at like 8:30 or something. So, yeah. um, if you've seen it, but yeah, it, it's a free admission. But I appear in a commercial in the movie, so I've got to be there <laughs> to see my see yourself, my brief glimpse of me. Like my narcissism runs deep, guys. You have no yeah. idea. You're in the behind the scenes shot, so oh. I'll, Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, you were in. <laughs> well, that, but I, I, I didn't do anything else on the film. I don't remember, did I? I didn't. No, it was just that commercial, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's like an outtake of you guys running away that's like different from the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 
Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm I'm working hard to get the Blu-ray done for the party. Mm. So you can have it for sale? Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, to be TBD, if the Blu-ray will be there. It's funny. Um, Just like when we premiered it, the day before I was shooting someone else's project, um, so I was really tired and uh, like didn't like host the show very well. If you watch the bonus features, like I'm clearly tired. <laughs> um, cause I was up all night doing that. Uh, but this year, again, the day before I'm shooting someone's music video. Um, and also the movie wasn't finished for that screening. And now I'm like worried about like the blue right not getting done for the screening. Mm. So it's just like just history repeats all, itself. Yeah. The anxiety just all comes back. Yeah. Full circle. Here we are. Yep. Speaking of history repeating itself, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I like that. That was nice, Brian. Brad, <laughs> should people see Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Yeah, uh, if you're a fan of those characters um, and that in the ISK universe, I think it's, it's, a, it's a fun stroll down memory lane. Um, it's a little rough to see all those characters older. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing how much they've aged in 10 years. Um, shocking. Uh, but uh, I, didn't, I wasn't really into the the father storyline. Um, like it didn't resonate with me, obviously. <laughs> um, but a lot of the jokes are fun, but it also seems like a lot of the cinematography is pretty lazy. Um, it's a lot of just two shots. Um, not that creative. And then it's there's a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> well, I, I, I stuff around like Zach and Mary make a porno and clerks too, I think are shot really well. Yeah. Um, fair enough. And Dogma has some scale to it. And, and even Chasing Amy. Has, yeah, Dogma. Has, yeah. Chasing Amy has actually very great cinematography. Um, but this is very much just like there's two characters in the frame talking for most of it. And then, um, yeah, so uh, I think I think if you are just like a fan of the universe, you'll enjoy it. If you're not a fan, like it's not, it's not going to win you over. So Cool. Zach? Um, yeah. Um, it's kind of echoing Brad's sentiments of if you are into the viewers universe, this is uh, a, f- a fun return visit to some old friends, um, which this was for me. Um, it was also uh, weird to walk out of it and realize how much I had changed in so many years since the last time those characters were on a screen, which was clerks Two at this point. Um, and while I liked the movie and had a lot of fun, and I think I was laughing louder than anybody because there was just so much stuff that that connects back to that universe that I'm still in tuned with on a knowledge level, um, my my reception of it probably wasn't the same. However, uh, this is Jason Mewes' best performance in a movie, and uh, I like the uh, emotional core of the film, uh, and we'll get into that in the spoilers, but... I think it's a nice return to form for Kevin in terms of stories that clearly mean a lot to him. Um, I like a lot of his work uh, with outside of the Viewers universe, but clearly this world means a lot to him, and he puts a lot of passion behind it. So I would check it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with the movie. You know, I, I did miss these characters a lot. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it. My my one complaint is, um, while Jay and Silent Bob have always been drug dealers, this movie leaned really heavily into the drug aspect of it, which mm-hmm. they never really did before. Um, well, that's there's a reason for. Well, that. yeah, I know, and, um, and but there are some really fun moments in it, and I I agree. If you have never seen a View movie, you will not like this movie because <laughs> you just won't get it. <laughs> won't get, there's way too many callbacks. It's a big old in joke. Yeah, which um, is. 
which is not to interrupt, but that's why like this our screening was lightly attended, and this mm. is like a fathom event. So, yeah. so it was fun. Um, yeah, here's a trailer for Jane's Silent Bob reboot. All right, you motherfuckers! I know you're in there. Come out right now! Stop the motherfucking plan! have no idea there's a new comic book movie being made of the old comic book movie you two are the basis for. That old ass star-studded piece of shit, that movie sucked balls. Suck asshole too. Your Honor, I object. I'll allow it. That movie did suck balls and asshole. We got three days to get to Hollywood and stop this reboot from ever happening. Boys, I had a baby. Jay, brace yourself. You're about to meet our love child. I think I'm gonna need to see a blood test. No, Jay. This is my daughter, Millennium Falcon. Can you take us to Hollywood with you? Fuck no, man. It's a tough-ass neighborhood. Either you take us to Hollywood, or I stab you both to death on my own front fucking lawn. And on that note, we cue the music. Fuck! I'm glad you guys are smoking back there. I was driving someone about a week ago, and he took a uh, big shit. You have no idea how hard it is to get the smell out of pleather. Yo, Methods, let's do this. Yay, it's Jay and Silent Bob. I just found out I have a kid, but I don't know how to be a father. Anybody with cum can be a father, but only love can make you a dad. How you gonna talk about love and you flinging cum all over the place? That shit's unseemly, bro. What do you guys think about this reboot? It sucks. There, I said it. And who's directing this shit anyway? Kevin fucking Smith? Smells like this reboot went up in smoke. Jay and Bob reboot. Uh, Jay and Tan Bob find out there's a reboot of the shitty movie that was made about them a long time ago. So they're going to Hollywood. The Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Yeah, the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Because the new producers have also stolen their yeah. their We're, normal names. Yeah. <laughs> which is Justin Long is that which lawyer? Justin Long was pretty <laughs> great in that. I couldn't tell if he was doing the Randy St. Randy character he from was. Zach and Mary. Oh, like, yeah. like it, I, did, I was just like, is he trying to connect those two in the universe? And I'm like, that can't be. It's oh, just, no. It's, it's just the same voice. No, but, it's totally the same. Guy. But I loved hearing it again. Yeah. Because that's one of my favorite moments in Zach and Mary is when he's doing all the porno titles. <laughs> and it's so, it's, I miss movies like that where it's, the setup is so stupid, you know, where he has him sign these contracts and then he walks from one side I can't of the, that worked twice yeah <laughs> he walks from one side of the courtroom to the other because he went from defending them to prosecuting against them it's a looney tune cartoon that's yeah. what that's what the first strike back was that strike back is a flat-out cartoon yeah it's it's really silly um, did you see um craig robinson's uh, name card because he's oh, the yes. judge uh, but he's judged uh, jerry uh, in uh, executioner, executioner. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's funny craig robinson's really great in it um Joe Manganiello's bailiff. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> Frankie Shaw just out of nowhere. Yep. The gal from Smilf, yeah. No, um But yeah, and then they go to visit they go to visit uh Brody in the mall <laughs> and uh they cued you know what, this movie this movie had me hooked into like on my good side when they recued that uh, social song by Squirt Gun that yeah. opens Mall Rats. I was yeah. like, man, I'm back in the fucking mode for this. That, it, you know, it was funny because Brody took over the Ben Affleck role. Um, yeah, because he has the same lines as Ben Affleck and Strike Back. Yeah, um, they even have the same look at the camera. Yeah, um, and, well, he's basically doing both both Affleck and his scenes from Strike Back because yeah. Brody's also in the. Um, in the Brody secret stash in the first one. But yep. I like that. Like got to protect the mall, protect the store from all the mall rats. What? Like mall rats? No, there's literal rats in the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Just... yeah, I, yeah. I love the sound effects. He throws something. In Squeak! Like, um, and then they decide they're going to go on the road. I like that. Their favorite movies. How high? <laughs> also a fun, like update for silent Bob is that he can communicate through text. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just being silent. I yeah. thought that joke would get weary on me for a while, but it, it just always put a smile on my face because he's just he's he's clearly doing bullshit texting on it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's just a fun thing. Everything just ends up being an emoji, but he's constantly tapping the screen like <laughs> like he's writing out a diatribe. Again, yeah. it's like a cartoon. It's yeah. A cartoon. Oh yeah, their their return to movie was really funny, um, <laughs> where he wanted vegan option, and so he did an eggplant. He didn't know eggplant <laughs> is fucking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, sir, you're gonna have to come with me. <laughs> And all the welcome signs say like welcome, like C U M. I love shit like that. I love uh you know, Fred uh fuck. Fred Armisen. Yeah, man. his character. They call him Merkin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that follow up when he's on top of the van. He's like throwing yeah. uh, throwing the hater t- that hater was, tots. That's a weird sequence because it looked like the store was just closed the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the weird. lights were off and there was no one in the drive thru. Yeah. But they were in the drive thru. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's on the van. Um but yeah, and then it's he just it's hit his head. it's a is he okay? Yep. It's his fault. Fuck no. him. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the scene, Matt Damon's portion is like there's it's one of two moments where it kind of threw me off with the editing. I know why he's doing it, and it works within the scope of the film and its insanity and breaking the fourth wall and the meta humor. It just felt really weird the way they cut into it. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to say, like, the pacing in the movie was really weird in places. Like, yeah. needed another pass at the edit. It's because, like, some jokes would go on too long, but then, like, there'd be, like, a gap. I don't mm. know. Just the timing yeah. felt really off yeah. in places. Yeah, his uh, his rescue... Res- uh, uh, Jay meets his daughter, Millennium Falcon. I, I mean, Shannon Elizabeth hasn't aged at all. She looks great. Um, but, yeah... I, and then the the saving them from the KKK. I guess he was doing a knock on Glenn Gary. Glenn Gary. Glenn Gary. Glenn, yeah, Glenn he's doing Ross. Alex Baldwin's monologue. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 a funny moment, but it's also. But I mean, my it's, mouth was open because I'm just like, is he really doing this? It's, like, it's wishful. Cool. It was a wishful fulfillment moment. Yeah, uh, like he's a good excuse for him to be able to do that. But yeah, that whole diversion because you don't see the girls get captured. No, and no. um, like the van is. Like I'm not sure how they followed the van, yeah. and but they do find it, and it feels like it's only like f- three feet down the road. But, yeah. But anytime you're gonna beat up some clansmen, I'm totally down. Oh for no, that. I'm down Regardless. with like being up the clans. It just seemed really weird and out of place. It's yeah. it's it's a weird insert in the movie, but um, I saw it fun. You know, I I think um, the Ben Affleck moment is the best part of the movie because mm-hmm. um, there is mm-hmm. there is that weight with him and Affleck, and that um, you know how he brings a back around that he's chasing Amy and it's his daughter I think is really sweet yep 
Um, it's it's really well done, and it it's just an athlete crushes it. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's such a. I think he's an underappreciated actor. Yeah, um, it's it's a really good performance. Yeah. Um, it's my second favorite performance in the movie. Yeah. I think Muse. I think Muse crushes this film um, because when he they did an introduction at the beginning with Fathom and um, mm. Kevin was saying something about like, you know, like the, you you've, you're going to see Jason go to a place you've never seen before, and I was like. What the hell is he? I don't. I, I, the introduction. Didn't they say stay tuned after the movie because there's more bonus stuff? Oh yeah, that never happened. <laughs> that um, show up. Yeah, no, that never happened. But well, he, he meant the he meant the credit stuff. But I thought there'd be at least more than just the one scene, yeah. again, which is a great scene. Like <laughs> the fact that they've been plugging the <laughs> the gum in the lock lock for thirty years. If <laughs> if they ended it on that and not Clerks three, that'd be a fine way to end the Viewersk universe. Mm-hmm. But but uh, no, like I mean, the subplot with Millennium Falcon and Jay and Jay is. There's a lot. I've, re- I've read a lot of reviews that say it's Kevin Smith's take on fatherhood, and, and I assume it is. But I also have to believe it's a lot of it ha- might have to do with when Jason Muse recently oh, became a father. Well, that it's really autobiographical for Muse because if yeah. you know his story, he didn't know his dad. Yeah, his mom was a junkie who raised well, th- him. threw him in the closet. Threw him in the closet. And shit. Yeah, like, so it's it, so like I mean like and they, I'm not expecting every review to understand that fully, mm-hmm. but like because they may not have read the Me and My Shadow thing that was on his yeah. blog, but. Um, I think Muse Muse has to cry in this movie and it's mm-hmm. and it's it it broke me and in, in many places like it's a great performance mm-hmm. um and it's I never expected that out of the character but my favorite moment in the film other than Chris Af- Hemsworth <laughs> that is a hot it's me still a hologram Rue still apply uh, <laughs> in between that and Thor Ragnarok I'm just like give Chris Hemsworth fucking every job ever <laughs> Um, but no, uh, um, you know, the franchise got like 37 of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the, the Affleck scene is great. Um, but I always, I always maintain in my head that some of the best shots cinematically that Smith does is in front of the quick stop. Now I know it's not the exact quick stop as Brad was telling yeah, it's me. It's a New Orleans faker. Um, but, uh, <laughs> that opening scene, uh, <laughs> where Dante gets arrested and goes like, this is about Randall, isn't it? I'll tell you where he lives. <laughs> um, but uh, at the very end, when Millennium Falcon and Jay are standing right outside the quick stop, and he's just like, I- I'm not no, I'm sure if I'm ready for this father stuff. So he's like, so I want to try it out. And hands her a cup of coffee, and they start talking about everything they've been through. And it was like, it. that's the moment where I was just like, man, like I may have a different like outlook on Smith's, oeuvre now because i've gotten older but that stuff will hit me right in the fucking heartstrings mm-hmm. every fucking time um i've always maintained that smith is the only filmmaker alive today that wears his heart on his sleeve i don't think there's any other director that does it as the way he does it and um in 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 the style that he does it like he's a fantastic writer for that reason yeah. um but that that moment outside of quick stop with them having that moment i'm like that that's one of Muse's best moments because it it it's him being emotional while still being Jay. Like it, it the character never leaves, even though it goes to an emotional place. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I'm. That being said, like my issue with the film ultimately is the editing is a little off, um, which sucks because I think Smith is a great editor um, in his earlier films, and I think that that's changed a lot over the past couple of years, and I don't know exactly what that's about. Well, I, <laughs> I do. I, do yeah. I have a. I have my ideas, but and I guess this, there's like probably another half hour worth of this movie that. Yeah, I, I mean, the, oh, yeah. yeah, his Bluntman V Chronic. Uh, yeah, I thought there's be more about that. Yeah, and and it left a lot to be desired. It wasn't 
that funny. I don't think it was that inspiredly shot. Yeah, it, it felt like none of those characters were in the same room at the same time either. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. And yeah. and the, like, there's a rule about crossing the like 180 line, and you know, Chronic and Bluntman aren't facing each other correctly at some points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, they're talking on the same side of the screen to each other. It's really weird. And the plot twist with um, the podcaster friend. Oh yeah, that it's was very weird. I don't mind it, but it was agent. it was yeah. very much out of nowhere. Yeah, and I mean, so um, Millennium Falcon and her friends um, light the blunt, so everyone passes out, but they don't. Yeah, it's just it's just weird, like inconsistencies, I, I, and it just shows you're trying to get be funny about dope, and it's not funny. Yeah, it's well, it's a weed comedy. Like that's the ultimate thing. Like these movies have always been. Stoner comedies in one form or fashion, whether or not they but operate. But this one at all. really leans in. Oh, I know. I'm, I mean, yeah. Well, um, I mean, what part? I mean, Mallrats. They makes them before they go on the love connection thing. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, and that's brownies. Oh no, they get them smoked. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I mean, what's Clerks too is they just deal drugs to those kids on the outside. Outside, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think ultimately it's just the the sla- it's the slacker attitude that has permeated through those films like through, since '94 when Clerks first popped out. Like it is about hanging out and just chilling out, and the conversations are more key than any cinematic element to it. Sure. Although I think Chasing Amy, like I said, is shot beautifully, like and it tells a great love story. Yeah, yeah and there's no dope in Chasing Amy. No. Um, I think ultimately it is just Jay and Bob in that because the movie's not focused on that, but yeah. it has the same hangout quality, I guess. Um, I don't know, like, I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I mean, even though it's we leaning into the weed element, and that's certainly something that doesn't relate to me much anymore. But I, I didn't mind it as much. But I, there's a part of me that's uh, a little eye rolly about it, but I also don't care. Because no, like no, if that's just... what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. Like it didn't take away the emotional core. No, if it, no. if it had distracted from that, then I would have been miffed. But no, yeah. no, it totally works. Cool. Uh, next week we're seeing Zombieland Double Tap. Yep. Rule number two. Yep. Um, Y'all yep. have fun with that. I'm gonna go make a horror movie in New oh, Hampshire. Just you and I, huh? All right. Yep. Yes, James is gonna join us. So be it. Is yep. he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That'll be, That'll be fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've already seen it. It is fun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably see it at some point after I get back and tell you all that I hated it. I don't know. Uh, you should see it because it's really fun. Yeah. Is it better than oh, the first pre, uh, Teasers for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> I think after that is uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the red band trailer for that. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. That Terminator's like running through like a police department or something, just chopping people in half. And stuff. Oh. It's pretty awesome. I hope so. It, it looks like the other movies to me, so I'm not. My expectations are yeah. low. And I mean, and it ends with uh, Sarah Connor saying her job is to kill fucking Terminators. So I'm down. Trailer. Tim Miller directed it, so it should be fun. Yeah. And then Jojo Rabbit's <laughs> coming out at some point yeah. uh, next week. Yeah. Right. Um. So maybe we'll just punt that for a few weeks. Yeah. Because we'll November has some dead weeks. Maybe I don't remember. Um, I have to look at it. Uh. Uh, what is it? Uh, the the Terminator like I I realized that that like the trailer just sells that whole bridge sequence, mm-hmm. which is like a bridge was the thing in Deadpool that like tied That's the movie right. together. So it's like Tim Miller has a bridge thing. <laughs> he likes bridges. Oh, and also I look for us to do some Denver Film Festival stuff. Oh yeah, we yeah. Got invited to cover that. Yeah, we got invited to cover it. So we should be getting some screeners and things like that. So we'll be reviewing movies that are premiering at the Denver Film Festival. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Oh, and stay tuned next week. There will be a new Shamley dropping before I head out of town. So. Cool. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.